Hello, and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. My team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kit podcast. I want to take two questions real quick. I know we just talked a lot. Now, who had the question? Her and then you. Okay. Now, real quick, the way that we do questions is like this. Okay. So we just had the holidays. How was that? Oh, it was good. Anyone not have a good holiday? Was it hard? Like, oh, right? Like, no one, it's never better to see how far you've come or not when you get around certain people. Like, family members, like, oh, here I am again. I thought I worked on this. (laughs) Right? God damn it, right? Now, when we're in family experiences, who here has the experience of, okay, so I'm noticing my trauma that you caused me, mom. And what I'm realizing is you didn't meet these needs. As a result, I cope this way. It's not really your fault, but it kind of is your fault, okay? And... (laughs) I want to start to work on that because you have blind spots and I have blind spots. Do they go, yay? What do they do? Shut up, right? Quiet. Keep them quiet, right? Under the rug, please, right? So in this room, what we want to do is when someone speaks up about these matters, we want to give them a disconfirming experience. And the way we want to do that is by just celebrating like a little bit of a clap. Because using your voice, especially for women, is there's a big trauma response in using your voice, especially for women. Who follows? Like, it gets stuck right here. So we want to keep it, make it safe and awesome. So we're going to do an example real quick, see if it's good enough so that they can have it. Okay, so it's not for me. This is just prepping you guys to support each other. So something like this. Hi, my name is Mastin. Let's try that again. Hi, my name is Mastin. Very good. All right. So your name is, ma'am? Hi, my name is. Thank you Feels for that good, experience. Right? Um, okay, I had an. Um, I myself am like a recovering avoidant. Um, so I see, like, when you're ask when you're saying about like having disconfirming experiences. How do you recommend that someone who is typically an avoidant person, when I'm triggered, I want to shut down and run away so I don't like explode, right? Yeah. Um, I want. I've. I've literally kept my circle like to me and I'm trying to, uh, you know, it's interesting because both the seats beside you and behind you are empty too. Yeah. Notice. You're like, you're like, and these are my seats. (laughs) I, these are, I put all my stuff here and I'm kidding. These are, um, so so that's my question. So so first of all, when we go more avoidant, what happens is 
why we go avoidant is because essentially we've written off the value of co-regulation. There's no value in it. Because in the past, there was didn't meet our needs. It was dangerous even. Trust. No, no trust. Me, so, so without getting too into it, there's an issue around object permanence, which is will you stay or go? Yes. You're probably going to leave. So there's an expectation, no expectancy of abandonment. So yeah, I'd avoid that at all costs, right? So it's about acknowledging it. And it's kind of like, you know, intermittent fasting. I do that. You need intermittent proximity. We're like, I'm here with you co-regulating and now I'm over here by myself. <laughs> and then, okay, I'm, and now back over here, right? And, and, and then a little closer each time so that eventually it's not threatening to be in proximity and you want to make sure that you're around people who are actually safe. And the biggest thing for everyone to understand is the thing that heals all this in relationship is not necessarily that things won't go bad. It's knowing how to repair when they do. Because an avoidant doesn't realize that there's a repair possible. Like, I'm more avoidant. I remember my first fight with Jenna. I was like, we're done. <laughs> we had a fight. We are done. Now, Jenna has siblings. What do siblings do? And then what? They make up. I'd never had the makeup part. I just had the fight part. Fight means we're done. So after the first fight, I was like, we are done. She's like, I was like, I'm, and then she went like this. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, we make up. I'm like, make up. We're done. There's no, we can make up. That's a thing. Yeah, like, how does that even work? How, how do you make up? And then now it's normal. Right? But like, I didn't know that. I've had a decade of those now. Like, I can, I can fight and then you're not going to leave me? Because in the past, it was I'd fight or whatever and you're gone and not coming back. So I was like, you're staying? Now, to the pattern, when she stayed, I was like, oh, f- she stayed. <laughs> <laughs> but to the part of me that wants the love, it's like, thank God she stayed. But then the pattern, like, she and it takes time and work to understand to make that safe. Because when you come out of avoidance, it's terrifying. It's almost easier than being anxious. Because anxious people at least have some expectation that's going to be good. But when I get it, I'll lose it, right? Avoidance is like, nothing good about this shit. It's off. I don't need you. Next. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> right? And sometimes that's important. But it's about baby steps at intermittent proximity. Because I would imagine when people approach you, it's probably nerve-wracking. Um. Versus if they go like this. I would imagine. nerve wracking when they approach me really uh, like intensely with like yeah. they've created their so, own. So if I was like, me or something. If I, so, if, so if I was like this, like if I was like, <laughs> yeah, even her, she's like, ah, I'm out of here. No, I'm <laughs> right. But if I was like this, if I was like, yeah, like where are you going? <laughs> so that's more disorganized. Come here. Get the f- away from me while you're here, but leave. That went, so when we have disorganization, disorganization comes from uh, disorganization comes from having people in our life that were safe, supposed to be safe, but they were also dangerous. That makes sense. Uh, my father's supposed to keep me safe, but he's abusing me. Something like that. Or my pimp is keeping me safe from the other people, but I have to go sell my body or I'll get beaten. So you're supposed to be safe, but you're also dangerous. Right? It's like it's like the sense of that is I'm walking on eggshells. I never know who's going to show up. It makes you really good at your intuition. Like, oh, the keys are on the right side, which means he's happy. Oh, f- 
he's on the floor, I'm going upstairs. It's shit like that. We're like walking on eggshells. I don't know what's going to happen. Non-verbals are so... Say what? Like I, we can read like the non-verbals, right? Exactly. Just like watching so that's what makes you like, okay, in this right. room because you're probably really good at certain things like reading people and stuff, right? But you don't know, your nervous system know that people are going to stay or leave. And if they do stay, if they're going to stay the same or change. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you have Absolutely. to have a disconfirming experiences around staying and not leaving and then disconfirming experiences about not changing from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. Yeah. So it's just consistent. Yeah. Does that make sense? Cool. Awesome. Beautiful. It's here for you guys. Let's get the microphone over there. We'll go here, and then we'll go here, and then we got to keep going. Yes, right there. Uh, yes. yes, sir. Your name is? Thanks. No worries. <laughs> right. It feels kind of good-ish, right? Your co-regulation piece is mm-hmm. unclear to me. What's unclear about it? Uh... So, for example, the space is co-regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an experience of um, disconfirming beliefs. Then I can learn how to self-regulate mm, belly breathing, right? Um, One way, sure. Something, Lots of, uh, there's so many regulation yeah. strategies, so many. Because uh, that's what I'm using right now. Right? Nice. So, yeah, cool. So, so self-regulation... Can translate to purpose, or okay. Is this, or is this you just still building a framework? So, so let me go back a couple slides real quick. By the way, you, there's a couple different ways you can like create immediate authority in a room when there's a presentation. Which is, uh, can you back up a slide, please? Yeah. Right. That's a really good one. Right. That's a really. How are we going to make this all happen? Right. I always do that like in meetings and stuff. Uh, actually, can you back up a slide? Like, like whatever is supposed to be really important. But anyway, just anyway. So, anyway, okay. <laughs> so we go here. So we have a traumatic history of some kind. Avoidance, neglect, shame, guilt, whatever it is. Okay, and we can trace it by what happened to us. And it doesn't have to be capital T trauma. Capital T trauma, abuse, war combat, rape, incest, all that stuff. Capital T. Okay? Little T trauma, for me as an example, is my mom was had a broken back and was in bed. And my father was taking care of her, so I spent so much time alone. That's basically neglect. Right? My parents are like, oh, he'll figure it out. I'm two. What am I going to figure out? <laughs> like, literally, nobody, had, nobody explained the environment to me. I had to figure shit out on my own. Like, when, like, no bullshit. I was so not, like, tended to in that way that when I moved out at 18 into my apartment, which I rented and from the paper and then got it, when I got to the apartment, I was like, where's the f- shower curtain? <laughs> why is the... Yeah, why is there... Where's the... F- silverware. I remember the first time I made pancakes on my own at 18 in college. I was using Bisquick, okay? <laughs> this shit was so f- good. Why is all the, all the good shit of my childhood is now all the bad stuff now? It sucks. Really, it's tiny nut Cheerios. I mean, at least it was gluten-free. I don't know. Anyway, so I thought one C, like one C of this or one C of milk or whatever, I thought that meant container. <laughs> so I literally was at the store and I was like, what container? The gallon one? The half gallon one? The quart? So I bought a gallon of milk. I was like, one C of milk. I put the whole thing of milk in. Two C's of Bisquick. Two cups. I got two containers of Bisquick. I'm like, this bowl has to be I need a bigger bowl. This is crazy. So I finally call my mom. I go, Mom, what is this? Which container is it? She laughs her ass off. I say, honey, it's a cup. I go, oh, that makes so much more sense. Right? <laughs> 
But like that shit shouldn't happen at 18. Does that make sense? Right? They're, they're, he'll figure it out. I never figured it out. And by the way, there's a lot of other stuff. That's a very basic example. I never figured out relationships. Never figured out how to get my needs met. It was always focused on making sure my mom wasn't in pain. Never thought about my own needs. So that's what I was oriented towards. That's emotional neglect, which produces snorting cocaine. It produces codependent relationships. It produces all kinds of chasing that dysregulates me without self-awareness. Those are all traumatic responses that lead to a dysregulated life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, but... but I'm getting there. Yeah, okay. So I'm not, I'm not there yet, so track okay, with okay. me right now. We'll do a belly breath and be in the present moment. Okay, so, so what happens is the missing piece was the initial co-regulation. Someone say, hey, honey, this is your environment. I'm here for you. This is what this is, and this is what that is. That didn't really happen for me. So I literally had to have someone explain this shit to me. I'm talking basic shit, like how to wash a dish. That was never something I thought of. So when we talk about more complicated things, like living your purpose, right? There are wounds that we have, that things that didn't happen. Self-regulation without addressing those things is coping. And some people cope with heroin, which is not a good way to cope. It might be the only thing you got. Some people cope with yoga because they have a need that's not being met, a wound that's there, and what they got is down dog, breath, whatever, which is better than heroin. It's better than a lot of stuff, okay? And when we actually have a relational experience where that need is met, it's a completely different experience. So, for example, if you're used to being abandoned at a moment of anger, which a lot of people won't express anger because for them it means they're going to be abandoned, if someone can express anger in the presence of someone who's like, tell me more. That must have been hard. That is a disconfirming experience of co-regulation, where I'm not abandoning you as you're angry. That is 10 million times more healing than just a belly breath. I'm not against the belly breath. I'm not against it. Awesome. Subcortical stuff like that, amazing. Subdiaphragmatic stuff, awesome. Yes, yes, yes. But emotional trauma is relational. Right, so let's just keep going with that. I it's mean, okay. if, if it's okay to... Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so emotional trauma, co-regulation, someone is holding the space for the anger, this confirming experience, I'm not going to manage you. Then what would then be the self-regulation in that particular example that you used? Well, for example, basic. Yeah. Basic, okay, basic. Um, I'm just trying to see the pattern of what you're doing. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I told you this is really difficult to make simple. So thank you if it's helping you and other people be more clear. Um, okay. Very common in couples counseling that we do, okay? Um, when you introduce a partner to someone else's traumatized self that they've never met, they've only met the principal def- the part of them defending it, the anger, the arguments, or whatever. When you actually understand what happened to that person, and let's say the thing that triggers you the most is when they, they shut down, they don't say anything, they don't talk. You want to resolve it. Don't stonewall me! Heller Hendricks and Gottman said not to stonewall! Apocalypse and the horsemen shit, right? Cool. Right? All the therapists are laughing. So, okay. Don't stonewall. But when you realize that they went dorsal, meaning they went immobilized and shut down because it was so painful back then, they're actually in that same experience now. Stonewalling becomes self-protection and you have compassion for them instead of uh, anger. And what happens is the next time they shut down, you don't get so activated. You go, oh, they're hurting. Are you okay, honey? So in my experience, what happens for me is my shutdown, I can get, it happens very rarely, but I can get so dissociated that I don't know where things are. 
I call that the upside down. If you ever watch Stranger Things, okay? It's the upside down. Now, in the beginning, I didn't know I had it upside down. I just would check out and then come back. I'm like, wait, I've been here the whole time. Jen was like, you've been gone for hours. I'm like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Just gone, right? And then obviously when someone goes away like that, it's always scary for the partner. Now, instead of Jenna going, Mastin's just checked out, which is initially what would make sense to say, she'll come to me and she'll go, hey, honey, are you in the upside down? <laughs> and I don't have words. So we know that if I blink, it means yes. Right? So initially that happened in a co-regulation experience with someone who helped us understand that. And now... When that happens, Jenna doesn't go, he's abandoning me. She's better self-regulate and go, he's in a trauma response. Oh, I know which one it is. Oh, by the way, I know the words to say to him to actually get out of it, which is, are you in the upside down? And all of a sudden I go like this, and the next thing I know I'm kind of moving there. And then maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, I'm out of it, and I say, thank you so much. Does that make sense? It starts in the co-regulation experience. Right, but it's the yeah. other person who's doing the co-regulating. It's not you. Like, like, for example, like you are the one who's triggered. Yeah. She's the one that has been taught to recognize okay. it. Give me, let's, let's, let's get specific for you. Yeah, yeah. What are you having a hard time with right, right now? now? Let's, just, let's just say right now, my emotional trigger, uh, I'm afraid of talking and blah, blah, blah. We're in uh, safe co-regulation, mm -hmm. like for me. I'm a disconfirming experience that no one really gives a shit here for all sorts of purposes. Sure. Uh, my self-regulation is actually being on my voice and talking more yeah. and more and more and more. If it's just that cycle of, of becoming more comfortable in the, in the experience, sure, I get that. Uh, there's some stuff there, like well, you could totally get trapped in codependency in this experience because um, you have to rely. Codependency on the is not co-regulation; those are different. Well, that does not say self codependency because there's no such thing as safe codependency. Well, you have to use the other person to get co-regulated. You could, you could actually get trapped. I could see myself getting trapped right. in the experience. So I'm gonna guess yeah. that someone in your history took up a lot of space, and you didn't. Right. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, Who was I could, it? I could, I could say it's everyone. My mom. Okay. So, so your mom took a lot of space. Yeah. Who's the person on your right? My friend. Okay. So I'm just trying to understand the dynamic that's yeah. happening here. Right. Friends? Yeah. Okay, cool. She's like, yes. Okay, got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people come to our seminar on the first date. I never know. It's ha it happens. It happens. That happened in last month, actually. I was born because my mom and dad became friends, and now I'm here, he says. Okay, good. Yes, okay. So, okay, good. So, so you have a lot of experiences of a woman talking a lot, and I would, the words I would use is probably make you wrong, or tell you to be quiet, or shift it, or change it, or criticism, or something like that, I would imagine, if she's always taking up space. Because if someone's always taking up space, not leaving any room for you. Uh, right. right. I mean, I mean, we're talking... Childhood regulation, mom was unavailable for mm -hmm. a number of different reasons. There's uh, physical trauma in my past. So sure. me trying to reach out and say, hey, there's a problem never being identified, so on and so on. Um, this confirming experience is someone to listen to. So just slide for a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just track with me for a second, okay? Because we're right on a blind spot, which is why you're getting confused. Okay, so you're right about to have a breakthrough. Because for most of us, it's obvious what's happening, but you're like, oh, which is okay. Because when we're on a pattern, we get confused. That's what's really obvious to somebody else, right? So if it's obvious to you, but not obvious to them, it's because we're on a blind spot for them, okay, which is fine. Because if you were in his position, the same thing would be happening. So she wasn't available. And if she's not available, was she also using her voice a lot? Talking, speaking, taking up space, bringing it back around to her a lot. You ever meet people who talk about things and they just lube it back around to them and they just keep talking? 
That's what I'm imagining. Was that accurate? Probably not. So Pro- probably, who was using the voice the most in the house? The, I don't know. It, you, it's, it's a loaded question. It, it's like, well, well, we're talking about your childhood stuff, so yes, it's loaded. But my question for you is, who was taking up the most space in the house? I don't know. Probably, it, ultimately, it's her. I just know how to describe it. That's fine. So it's her. That's yeah, all you have to say. Yeah, so she took up the most space. So the lesson is, she takes up space and I don't. So that happens is it creates a neural expectancy that I don't take up space around women. Which means in a relationship, you would make it in the beginning probably all about her, it'd be awesome. But eventually it's like, dude, what the f***? Like, come on, let's make this f- do some shit. Let's get active. Let's make it happen. Where do, tell me where we're going for dinner. Something like that. Have you ever had a hard time taking up space in a relationship? What, now, <laughs> what the f*** was that? That was, uh, what was that? That that was uh, disconfirming experience of looking for something else instead of just asking. Uh, because because you guys smell that? That smells like bullshit. I don't know. I just track with me for a second, okay? Sure. Okay, track with me. Why did you just look to her? Because I said Do you have a hard time getting up space in a relationship, and you're all. Uh, what was that? I'm just wondering what that was. Because your body did something intuitively and automatically. Let's give her the mic for one second, if that's okay. (laughs) Oh, shit, that was an evil laugh. Ma'am, what's your name? Okay. Okay. How long have you known this man? October. October. Okay. Now, why do you think he went like this over to you? He does that a lot. How so? He asks for validation and things that he may want to do or to so, get... So he's unsure? Yes. This is her opinion. I'm not saying it's true. You yes. notice him as being unsure yes. and looking to you for an answer. Well, when I'm around me, I don't know yeah. with other people yet. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, no worries. All good. Okay. When that happens, what happens in your body? Mm. <laughs> I'm used to that and I don't want that. So it's... So the, the word I would use, yeah. and this is not your word, I'm just going to try to give it languages, it feels like a burden. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So when he looks to her, it feels like a burden. So what that tells me is, you had a lot of people probably in your history looking to you for things. All the time. Yeah. And you're like, can't you just deal with it on your own, motherfuckers? Come on. <laughs> Handle that shit. Yeah. Men. Yeah. Right? With men. So, so look at this pairing here, Okay. We have a man, by the way, this is awesome. It's education. This is beautiful. Okay. Who's learning right now? Let me see if I show hands. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What was that, ma'am? For me or for her? For, for her. You. No, no, for oh, you. For me. Thank you. Because no, I'm... No, 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 no. Oh, me Who you know, saw that shit? <laughs> Thank you. I, oh, I don't Here, know. I'll show what you what you did. Uh, Dylan, can I borrow you for one second? The only person in the room, one of the only people it's appropriate for me to do this with. Okay, so. Sorry, Dylan. Yeah, 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 just for one second. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, good. Let's hear it. All right, so I'm going to be her and Dylan's going to be him. Okay, for a second. You went like this. You went, thank you. Okay, thank because you. it's something I'm actually oh, yeah. trying to figure out myself. No, I know, but you hugged him. 
Oh, because I'm, I'm very loving. I hug everyone. <laughs> oh, more. <laughs> hmm. What's happening right now? What? Look at you guys all close, leaning in, doing this. I'm not saying there's chemistry. I'm just saying, what is that then? Well, in full disclosure, we were dating very briefly and decided I called it off because it was just. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so, there, so, there, so there's an intimacy and a, and, a, and a knowingness. That's why I also turned to her because she's seen me very vulnerable, and I think she could confirm or deny okay. the disconfirming okay. experience. Which that is awesome. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. That was awesome. Because at first, at first, you're like, we're just friends. I'm like, I don't know what. That's not friend well, body I, language. Perhaps wasn't. Uh, All right. So, okay. So, how do you feel about him setting a boundary? In the dating side, I actually I was very thankful that he did because I saw a lot of patterns on a lot of similarities on past relationships. Is that the only way you felt, or did you also not feel good about it? I mean, I like when I get rejected because I haven't gotten rejected a lot in my life, so I liked that feeling of huh. He set a boundary; it's not a burden anymore. Yeah, I see. And you're like, it's not about her anymore. I'm going to have some agency and make my own decisions. Is that what happened for you? I got I to gotta make my own decisions here. I can't defer. What happened for you? The reason why? Yeah. Because uh, I had feelings for somebody else. Okay. So you had someone. So you, you guys were together. You had feelings for someone else. You set a boundary, but you're still here. I don't understand. I tagged him. I, I, I said, oh, you should see this guy. It's about trauma. <laughs> 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 God damn it. Right now, the room is like, Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. I just, okay, I just, I'm noticing how much more we have to cover, and I'm trying, I know we have lunch coming up, so if we keep going, we have a shorter lunch break. Is that okay, everybody? Okay. So, Evan, is it? Okay. And, man, what was your name? I'm so sorry. Annette. Annette? Oh, that's right. Is it A-N-N-E-T-T-E? Human version, one N. A-N-E-T-T-E. Okay. Okay. So, okay. When got closer in proximity to you physically and emotionally, what happened in your nervous system? What happened? How did you feel? You said you saw similar patterns? Well, at first, I was like, ooh, he sounds like the right type of guy. So that feeling is happy, excited? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at first, it was happy. Almost like, ooh, too good to be true. Okay, so too good. Okay, and there we are. There's the doubt. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And, and And then what happened the closer he stayed? Is that when you started to see the old patterns or the similar patterns come up? Because he would criticize things, and then I was like, eh. He would always try to find reasons why to like, ooh, or avoid situations or, uh. 
I'm talking about your feelings. What my you're talking feelings. about is his behavior, which is uh, may or may not be true. I don't like when people are criticized. Um, so, so you very... felt criticized? Yeah. Okay. And did you feel like he was deferring things to you that were his to decide about? Not at all. Nothing. So you didn't feel the burden stuff? Um... Why are you doing this? We're like... <laughs> I'm examining uh, my own memories. I understand. Okay. If it's a no, that's fine. Can you repeat the question? Yes. Did he feel like a burden? Because in the past, he said, so all these people should come to me, and it was like a burden. Did it ever get to that point where he felt like a burden? I mean, it was only October, so it's recent. So I just felt that it could lead to a codependent So it could be a burden. Yes. So the burden was starting to emerge. Yes. So you felt like those similar expectancies of, oh, God, here we are again. Possible, yes. So possible burden. Is that true? Yes. Not actual, but possible. Oh, for you. No, no, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, great. Cool. So we go over for a sec? Okay. Now, as she got closer to you, what happened? For you, at first. I just started to witness things I wasn't... Uh, I was Before that, at first. So she was happy at first. At first, like, oh, f- witnessing all these things. At first, usually that's not how it works. Usually biochemistry is like, ah! I was conscious. The whole time? Uh, for most of the time, yeah. Okay, but before you were conscious, you were what? Cautious? And before you were cautious, you were... Like, curious? here's the deal. Here's how it works, right? You, like, you see somebody, like... It's curious. Curious. <laughs> hey, I got dopamine. I got oxytocin. <laughs> I got epinephrine. I got all that serotonin running. My executive functions up. What's up? <laughs> That's what happens at first, usually. Very rare do people come up and go, I'm conscious of our patterns. My name is Mastin. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> so there's no dopamine rush, no oxytocin rush. No, no, no. There was cu- curiosity. Then the curiosity turned to cautiousness as okay, I so entered. Curious. Okay, great. So curious is cool. And then cautious. Okay. And did you notice, what was, when you decided to separate, what was the boundary? I know somebody else, but what wasn't happening? What, what was not happening? In between you two. What was happening? What wasn't happening. What so was what was not. happening is that you were cautious yeah, because something wasn't happening. I'll do the coaching. Uh, okay. t- like, 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 um, say 10 conditions of satisfaction, half were met. Satisfaction was not met? Uh, conditions. Conditions of satisfaction. Like, I don't what? know. I, uh, expect wants or desires. Like certain wants or desires that I'm looking for in a particular partner. Are we talking there. sex? Are we talking money? Are we talking support? You don't have to be, answer that, but it's helpful if for me to help you, but you don't have to. Just know that. You, nice. You're in control. Okay, she said yes, so uh, Sex, uh, previous relationship, uh, baggage. So no sex or not enough sex? Uh, not the kind that, that makes me in, overly enjoyed by Got it. it. Okay. Hold, hey, this is important. He's being very vulnerable right now, by the way. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It takes a real man to be vulnerable... in a room with this many women, okay? Okay, 
So you're like, oh, what kind of sex was that? No, no. Data. We're getting data, okay? Because you don't have to tell us anything, and you're, we're helping us learn by your vulnerabilities. I'm very grateful, okay? So no sex, but was she in a relationship too? I would still say yes. Emotionally? or I would say she, she still So you was. felt like she was at least? I, would, I felt it, yes. Okay, so, so his subjective experience, whether or not it's true, different. So we can agree that that was his experience without agreeing whether or not that was factual. Cool? Yeah. So uh, in another relationship. Now, because she was in another relationship from your perspective, is that what made you seek another relationship? No. Like if she was really there with you, that's how you felt. Would you have wanted to go elsewhere? No, because I well, so no is the answer. No. Okay, so you went elsewhere. Let's put other person, right? You went here because you felt like she wasn't there. Inaccurate. Well, okay. what's accurate then? In a, the I was in a relationship. Let's say over summer, it ended about two three months later. I met Annette, mm-hmm. and then we, Annette and I were, were mm-hmm. uh, exploring for a month, gotcha. and then I ended it, and I have not seen another relationship or anything well, like So that. you said you left. Did you guys not hear her say oh, that? Was I unclear then? I was no, unclear. no. What you said was I, there was someone else, is what you said. Oh, because I still had feelings for the person. That's that I right. So up. there's yeah. another person that you yeah. had feelings for yeah. that maybe you wouldn't have had those feelings as much if you felt like she was actually there. Uh, That's a question, not a statement. Like if no, Annette no, was I, like, yo, what's up, man? I'm in it. I'm here with you. No, no. I think, I think that if I took the action necessary in the relationship, like I, for example, could have... Hold on. Yeah. Okay. I can... I'm looking for a specific answer to a question, not context. Real quick, okay? okay. And we're on blind spots and talking about sensitive stuff in public, so I recognize yeah. that, okay? So my question is, because you had feelings for somebody else, yeah. would those have been as strong if you felt like she was in the relationship? This is a yes or no answer. Yes, I would not. I would have had strong feelings still. Or no, if I felt like she was really there, I probably would have stayed. It's more binary than you think. What do you think? It's a yes, no. It's a yes, no, because I actually think it's a question of whether I really wanted to be in the relationship. That's not. not see, you're answering questions I'm not asking right now. So that's why I'm saying it's a yes, I, no, but. But, let's, but I don't, I'm not asking, did you want to be in the relationship? What I'm saying is, would your feelings for someone else be lessened if you felt like she was in it with you? Her. If you felt like she was in it with you, would your feelings for this other person been lessened, probably? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this object outside the relationship may or may not have been there, probably wouldn't have been there if you felt like she was in the relationship. It would have been lessened if not probably. Because here's the thing. We want to be in relationships that meet our needs. That's where we go. Now, when you think about someone who is a fantasy versus someone who's with you in person, which one seems better to you? Someone's reality? No, no, to him. Someone's fa- the fantasy of somebody or the reality of something? Depends. I'm talking here. The fantasy or the reality? What's better to you? Oh, the reality. The reality is better. Yeah. What's better about reality for you? When people come up with their patterns and immediate. all that type of stuff. <laughs> Let me see if I asked the right question. Ask it differently. Okay. You have, we all have perceptions of someone when we first meet them. We fill in a bunch of stuff that may or may not be true. Then we get close to someone, then their stuff comes up, and they go, oh, f- here we are again. Typically, when we're further away from something and we're filling in what we think someone is, it tends to be more attractive, more inciting, more curious, more whatever. Then we get close, like, oh, shit, you have flaws too and all these problems. 
typically. Most people aren't like, oh my god, all your survival responses? Yeah. I love it when you stonewall, call me an asshole. It's great. <laughs> Most people don't do that. Most people are like, oh, look at that person over there. and pff, Fantasize. But when they actually get close, that fantasy starts to break down because the human being emerges. And usually after the oxytocin dopamine wears off, then you're like, oh, look at this stuff, right? And most people just call that marriage. <laughs> but that's not what marriage has to be. So what I'm trying to understand is, is the idea of someone further away more enticing to you than when they actually get up close and you see the humanity. That's what I'm trying to understand. Uh, what? I have? what? Oh. Yes, Annette, you're smiling. He, he actually would say that, like, oh. about... Yeah. Tell me about, more. Talking about my brother, that's what he does. And he would just say those words. Oh, yeah, because he just, when the human gets closed, then he just can't deal with the weaknesses. And Okay, so let's interpret what's happening here for a second, okay? We'll talk, and then we'll talk, okay? Here's what I think is happening, and this might be a little still subcortical for you. So you might say no, but usually people say no. Later they'll go, okay, that was true. Okay, so as, as you got closer and there were feelings there, and you saw whatever wasn't working or whatever was dysregulated or humanity or wounding or whatever, that, for you, started the expectation of what happened in your history. How far back in history are we discussing? Doesn't matter. I think it does matter. No, nope. telling you it doesn't. Yeah, because there's multiple traumas and it depends on which trauma is being triggered. You are your own worst so. coach right now. <laughs> what I'm telling you is, whatever happened in your history, doesn't yeah. matter how far back, we're not going to that place, what we're saying is something happened in your history that creates an expectation that your needs aren't going to get met when I see someone's humanness. The flaws, the wounds. I've never had someone actually be flawed and wounded and also still meet my needs. And someone's, someone's doing... I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I never had someone be flawed and wounded and also meet my needs. So let's go to Annette for a second. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. It doesn't make any sense because we're right on your blind spot, but just hang with it for a second, okay? Okay. Why? You see, she's all. <laughs> you know what? Because when we talked, we were really good friends. We really got along as friends. And he told me, you know, your happiness is too much for me, and living in the unknown, it's something I can do. And that, yes, sir. So then to me, I was like, yes, thank you, because I, the last thing I want is someone to take me out of the unknown, like I, or to be fearful of what I don't see yet. And so that was clear to me. Was it your experience that as you guys got closer, it was harder for him? Yeah, he would say, oh, I spent here two days. I need to go. I need to go. Yeah, or, so, so yeah. proximity, yeah. regardless of why, proximity is difficult. Would you say that's true? No. Okay. And I have a three-year-old, so he would always be like, I don't know. So I'm, let's look at her for a second and watch her faces as she's talking just for one second. So I think so, a lot of faces. So you're saying, <laughs> you're saying, as he got closer, you felt it'd be more difficult for him, especially when there's a child involved. Yeah, and then pictures in the wall of his dad, and just like the tree of how it happened, and he would tell me from day one, what's going on there? All those pictures. Are up. I'm like, that's his history. That's how he came about. Like, right. And my kid always points to his dad. Like, why would I take that down? That's not. I, about me. Well, I mean, there's reasons, but we'll get into yeah. that later. So, um, but but yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, so. I, don't, I can't do a full trauma history intake session right now, okay? But what I can do, yes, Jenna's like time, I know. This is, this is why I have a hard time saying on time, okay? Because I like to resolve shit, so, okay. I'm going to 
try to get this quick so we get to lunch and get back. Okay, so, so here's what the data shows for you to consider, and I would invite you to not disagree with it. Instead, I would invite you, if you want, to be curious. Okay, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. For whatever reason, Annette's proximity and the proximity of her child became difficult. In this relationship, yes. Well, this is, yes, this relationship. Yes, yes. In this okay. relationship, yes. It probably, Annette's proximity probably didn't become difficult in someone else's relationship. You're right. But in this relationship, it did. Now, when he got close to you at first, you were happy. Mm-hmm. Right, Annette? Okay, yeah. we never got closer. And then you started seeing some old patterns come up. And so when he set a boundary, which is something that did not happen in your history, she's like, mm-hmm. She had a big old smile. Uh-huh. For her, someone saying a boundary, not approaching her, is a big deal. Is that true? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> right? Big, big deal. So it was actually at first regulating for you to have a boundary set. Yeah. Now, normally when people date and then they break up, they don't typically spend a lot of time together after that, nor do they hug each other in personal development seminars on January 4th. <laughs> so I'm wondering why you invited him and have made him endure the torture of this session right now. Because I care about him and I see his Okay, but this is a chance to be radically honest. Yeah. Do you care about him or are you hoping he comes back? No. I care no, about what? him. No, what? No, 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 no. I care... I really care about his friendship because I, he taught me a lot about myself on still growth opportunities. And he gave me something no one else has given me before. Which that, was? That boundary. Right, I got it. And I, I, I really, it I made me think a lot. I understand. It just doesn't add up. Hmm. Like, this is sort of like I left the toothbrush at his house. But it's like what you said, it's an upgrade. Like, he helped me upgrade to know what I really do want in a man, in a relationship. Which in, is? In connection and intimacy. And not someone and to be afraid. And there's no part of you that's secretly hoping that he comes here and learns this shit so that you can have connection and intimacy with him. Let's just be honest. If the answer is yes, cool. And if the answer, he's smiling now. I'm not saying, I have no agenda to the answer. I just want to know what you think is true. Because your conscious mind is like, protect, 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 negate, true, negate, negate. True. Okay, but deep- you're like, you're all, <laughs> deep- look at that. Look, 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 it's again, again, again. Honey, what do you think? I don't know. No, no, no. Okay. That is not platonic body language. No, no, she does it with everyone, though. She, she, I've seen her do it with multiple random people. Which is why you felt like she wasn't there, bro. I got it. No, No, seriously, I do. I've never seen a man change in front of my eyes and become so like... So let's, let's think so about this for a second. Let's just, let's just deconstruct this for a second, okay? Jerry, okay? So you've never seen a man change. You've never seen a man set a boundary. Yeah. He did it, you liked it, and you're still hanging out with him because you've never seen a man do that before. That's the only one. Mm. <laughs> I'm just wondering, because here's the thing. Everything in my head is an equation. Behavior is an equation set. It's an equation. Something's not adding up. But he also said something. I cannot deal with your happiness. And I've done so much work on myself to regulate my emotions and to like navigate my lows and my apathy, my mm-hmm. lethargy, to get to the place of vitality and radiance. Yeah. And someone to say, eh. I was like, oh, I, I can't. No, I, mean, I agree. For sure. I got it. 
which is why you're not together together. Yeah. Right? But I'm noticing a little conflict, perhaps. Probably because there was still there's still like sexual tension because I think the sex we experienced, it was just like not the type of sex I actually like either. So it's crazy. It, it, and so I think we actually were doing something that we thought. It, hold on, uh, hold on, no, no, hold on. Yeah, I think that's. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. Just real quick, real quick. I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Uh, we're good, we're real quick. No, okay. Um, neither one of you had sex that you liked, but there's sexual tension. What? Is there? I mean, like, is there something? I didn't get what I wanted, and you're saying you didn't get what you wanted, and I know that's not my type of sex, and then you said that wasn't your type of sex, so I think it was just not good communication in the first place. So you think if you had good communication... There will be intimacy and connection, which is my the needs that I'm always trying to meet in relationships, which I never get to because I'm very intense and very like I got you. on point. I understand. I, I got it. something else. So, so what you're saying though is, if you, the communication had been better, mm-hmm. the relationship and the sex would have been better. Yeah, but I always saying. felt no, no, no. Walls. Hold on. I know yeah. what you also, yes, yes, but yes. I'm, I'm trying to separate this. If the communication had been better, then the relationship and the sex would have been better. Yes, that's what you're saying. Hundred percent. And there's a part of you that thinks that. I feel that. You feel it. Yeah. Is there any part of you that's wondering if you improve communication, what would happen? Yeah. Is there any part of you that may have invited him here to try to improve your communication? Maybe very unconsciously. Of course unconsciously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's like. <laughs> All right. It's lunchtime. Here, here's what I'll say. Okay. Because a little bit off the point with your original question, but also very um, educational. Okay. You guys both got into proximity and didn't know how to have a skill set to navigate the normal types of behaviors that will come up when you know someone intimately. Because knowing someone intimately is not knowing their good parts intimately and the parts are dysregulated not intimately. We have dysregulated parts and we have parts that are very structured and happy and organized. Intimacy is knowing both parts and loving both parts. And you love the parts of yourselves, each other, that was like intimate and well-regulated, it was difficult for you guys to love the parts of each other which are dysregulated, which is very common and normal in all relationships, okay? So what you lacked was a skill set to navigate the dysregulated parts. And you're coming here, I think, could be wrong, been wrong before, at least for you, Annette, because you're wondering if you can improve the communication and get the skill set, could it be good because it's the best you've had? I'm wondering if that's true for you. Or the next one, but, but whatever. But, but he's here and you're leaning still into each other. So you guys are both like. <laughs> and he started like outside and now he's getting closer. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What I see and what your, your body language and your words are not matching right now. Just so we're clear. And you're almost blushing. Okay. He's like, I'm hot. Right. So here's what we'll say to answer your question. Okay. Because it's beautiful in the context of disconfirming experiences, okay? The disconfirming experience in this context, okay, is the opportunity to have emotional intimacy with someone and experience them as dysregulated and know that you don't have to lose yourself when someone else is dysregulated. That's experiential. So you can hear him say, your happiness is whatever too much. And it doesn't mean I can't be happy. It means, wow, here's a hard time with happiness. 
That must be hard for him because guess what? In his history, when the woman was taking up space and happy, it meant he was invisible. So what he's really saying is it's hard for me to take up, have, be around someone who takes up space like you do, but I love it that you take up space because I need to get more space. You inspired me. But I don't know how to take up space because that was unsafe for me. So it's not about, he can't, he's like, yeah, that could be true, right? So the idea here is it's not that your happiness is too much. He has not been around a woman who has been happy that also translates to him being able to not lose himself. Does that make sense? And so what he gets to learn, Tom Malik is not here, what he gets to learn, okay, is how to be with a woman who's happy, which is a good thing, to have a happy partner, okay, while not, while that meaning he does not have to remain invisible or quiet or whatever. Does that make sense? And that's a skill set he gets to learn. What you get to learn is how to let him have that experience, because you can either be his mother or his partner, Okay, and as soon as you step into being someone's mother, you're never going to be their lover. Okay, so if you're trying to make him happy or get him to speak up or any that type of stuff, and you're not saying those boundaries right, then it's going to feel like a burden. Which is different than like, oh my god, that's hard for you. I can see that, and I and I still accept the parts of you that aren't quite there yet. That's relationship. You're never going to find someone who's perfectly put together. The whole purpose of relationship is to heal those wounded parts. Does that make sense? Of yourself, and well, and each other. That's what co-regulation is all about. And what will happen then, to make it specific for you, is without needing support and coaching, which is not where you're at yet, okay, you'll be able to take up space in a relationship and display what you want and say that, you know, talk about being happy, have tension, and still be okay with it. Versus, I'm going to go do belly breaths and auto regulate myself because when someone else takes up space, I don't know what to do, except for breathe. Because you put a lot of focus on mentalization of concepts, just like me. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just watch your face. Just watch your face, okay? You mentalize like I do. I get it, right? But the mentalization is a coping strategy for what's actually happening in here, which is, by the way, usually subdiaphragmatic. So subdiaphragmatic, right? So the belly breath is a good regulation strategy that you would not need to use as much if you knew how to take up space and be around a woman who was powerful. And if she knew how to help you in the context of not taking care of you as a burden, but realizing when I'm happy, that for him used to mean abandonment. So it's not that I'm not going to be happy, it's just I'm going to have compassion for this person. Her face is like, <laughs> what's happening for you right now? Because I want to get to lunch soon. I've always had to be the uplifter. By default or deliberately, but it's always me like, oh, come on. And I, I got tired of that. That's right. Because it took a lot out of me. That's right. That of my ch child, and I had to say, bye, That's I right. can't enable you anymore. That's right. So going from being, always being the uplifter and not having someone uplift you to having someone set a boundary so that you don't have to do that is good. Mm -hmm. But being able to uplift yourself and your partner, but realize it's not your responsibility to uplift him, that's something you share, is a big deal. So what your nervous system doesn't know is, I can let someone be in pain and not mean anything about me. Mm -hmm. She was like this. Yeah. Right? Right there. Okay, so the disconfirming experience is he's okay, even when he's not okay, but which means you don't, you're different people. But when the person then criticizes when you're happy, I've been told that before too. And then no, I it's not necessarily criticism. You hear it as criticism. Oh, got it. yeah, right? true, true. Because here's the thing: tell me what he would normally say, and I'll give you this, and we're gonna break for lunch. Okay, I got it. Okay, so what would he normally say? <laughs> Jenna's like, mm-hmm. Okay, so what would he normally say that would dysregulate you if you like criticism? He would be like, ooh, like I could feel him. He doesn't say much. He's just like, like intense. I could feel he's thinking, she's so intense. How can she be so happy? Like, ooh, look how. He's thinking that or ooh. he said that to you? 
he's going like this, and I'm. Oh, so like when he's feeling, going like this, yeah, like I'm feeling. So him, you and interpret he goes like a, this. So you interpret his facial expression as verbal criticism. Yeah, because he doesn't talk a lot until he did say those things at the end. Okay, which is what. I cannot. The level of happiness that you always are getting to or seeking, I cannot live in that space. And you believing in the unknown so much is not a place where I want okay, to right. go. So, so great. So here's what you say. You ready? What I heard you say was, happiness. My levels of happiness is hard for you, and that's hard for you to get there or go there. Not so. Let me try to take you with me, and not. Let me leave because you're never going to get there. It's just that's his experience. And by the way, levels of happiness, maybe it also might be avoidance because if he felt like you weren't there, a part of you wasn't. Because I don't want to be around someone who's happy but not with me either. Because the wonderful thing about Tigger is that he always tries to make Eeyore Tigger because he can't handle Eeyore's sadness because inside Tigger's sad. Yeah, I get it. Eeyore is inner Tigger. So while Tigger's like, hey, wonderful thing about Tigger, right? Doing all those amazing things, Eeyore, come on, right? All that shit. Deep down, he's coping with sadness. So he's experiencing you as off to the next, not with him. And he's actually, that feeling that you're feeling is internal for you around Yeah, I kind of feel that way too, but I'm going to cope in this way, which is different than authentic happiness because authentic happiness in a relationship is inclusive of the other person. Not like in the relationship and I'm happy over here. It's an integral part. So what he's probably saying, I don't know if it's really accurate and I can't get too into it further, is your levels of happiness on your own where I'm not with you, where I feel separate, disconnected, and where like, I can't take up space is too hard for me. So what we have here are two kids who have a hard time being in proximity to each other in adult bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think that you brought him because you care deeply for him in a way that you may not have shared or told anyone yet, and that there may be, may be a part of you that's hoping for a turnaround here, either with him or so that you step in something else. And your face is like... <laughs> I'm taking it in. I'm processing everything yeah. you're saying. So yeah. as you process it, just know that, okay, just look at, your, just don't move. Look at, you, look, at, look, look at each other's body language. Look. Look. Look at this. Okay. So keep thinking you're friends. All right. All right. Now I got it. Okay, I got it. And what we're talking about here is For her to know that she doesn't have to handle whatever down feeling you're feeling and make you uplifted, that's a disconfirming experience for her. Another disconfirming experience is for her to be in proximity of you and have it be okay that you're not okay. Her face went like this, just so you're aware, okay. And, yes? It takes me, my dad was always very lethargic and apathetic. My mom is like, Happy, 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 and I yeah. saw her Eeyore always Tigger. do that. Eeyore Tigger, yeah. Eeyore yeah. Tigger, I yeah. got it, okay? So your disconfirming experience is going to be to let out all the things you're trying to mentalize without having to be perfect or whatever, stated whatever, okay? And have that be okay and safe so that you can just say things and know how to say them in a way that don't land in a painful way. Because at first they're going to land in a painful way. 
but it's actually possible to talk about your internal experiences without having to be damaging to somebody else. Does that make sense? At least consciously, not unconsciously. So what's happening in your body as we say all this? <laughs> say what? There's lots. It just depends where I look. So what do you feel? Um, there's tightness. Uh, Sensation-wise, there's tightness in the lower abdomen. There's uh, open heart, uh, open throat. Nice. So uh, what's the open heart about? Being seen. That's right. What's that feel like? Now, I know there's tightness, but what does it actually feel like to be seen? Good. He's like, good, which is, it means it feels good, but he doesn't quite believe it yet, which is fine. Well, it's okay. It, it, it's inarticulatable. I understand. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, so here's what I think you guys should, should go do. Okay, lunch. <laughs> All right. Guys, before we go, hold on a second, hold on a second. Let's hear it for these two. That was incredible. <laughs> Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.